Shane, how we doing? I'm doing well, Max. How are you? Good, good, good. It is the winter time. By the way, winter, I didn't realize this in the Midwest. This is kind of different. This is about yeah. our topic today about AAU, so we'll get to this in a minute. But when I was where I'm from in Palo Alto, California, we had like a little league of mm. basketball. It was called NJB, it was National Junior Basketball. Yeah. Maybe it was an A association. Do you know do you know what that is? I, I don't know what that is, but I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Like a lot of these kids right now are playing a lot of club ball and they're playing their middle school ball. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit different. Like in probably where you're from is different. But even for me in small town Minnesota, that was like you only played for your school. And then like some random uncle or dad or somebody coached your little school team. You never played club ball. Um, and uh, yeah, I have kids now like middle school kids that are playing literally two seasons um they're playing their team ball and they're playing their club ball which is crazy yeah when i feel like when we grew up so to get to that, that point there's a team nearby here it's iowa something swarm or shocker yeah. or yeah. the barnstormers people are aware of i didn't mm-hmm. realize it was like like k through 18 yeah because <laughs> when i played it was you played whatever like the dad coach whatever ymca or league yep. team and then when that was over they'd be like random tournaments and you'd yep. play with like random people, but there wasn't a team. It was like, okay, then we have middle school and then I'd play baseball and I'd do whatever. Yep. And you didn't get into an AAU team until you were like, gosh, 14 or 15. Yeah. I would think going into high school is like my first year, my freshman year, I think. Yeah. And even then your high school probably had high school games. So yep. like yep. there were summer tournaments and the coaches wouldn't let you miss those. No, no. At least for me. No. So yeah, that was uh that was actually the more I actually had more fun. I had a lot of fun playing AU, but I had more fun playing with my high school teammates. But that was it. I mean, there there is still a time now. I think it's June where high schools playing a lot of team camps. Um, where I think AU programs now are starting to take a break uh from scheduling games then. So they hit it really hard in the spring, miss that June time, and then go in July. But um yeah, it was I think when I played and probably when you played, it was like a combination of playing AU, but also trying to make every high school tournament or high school team camp, basically. Yeah. And now these kids are within a program for like nine, mm-hmm. 10 years. We, I mean, even when I played, it was like, I played with one team consistently through, but I know yeah. kids who would play a new team every year, every, every summer. Yeah. Um, but the point of that was when we played, you played a large diversity of, players in terms of skill like you'd play in middle school and some of the guys weren't very good right you'd play you know in that random uncle or dad coaching some league and some teams would be okay and aau was always kind of the better competition and with that i feel like you had the opportunity to try things out oh yeah against some of those lesser competition because in the aau world you're always so concerned being on the premier team yeah that you were never willing to like develop much. You were just kind of yeah. constantly were to be pushed into a role within that team. Yeah. Versus... I had, I had a conversation with a mom yesterday and I was actually impressed because, um, or not yesterday, last week, she had the opportunity to have one of her sons play up on a top team, but he was going to be like the eighth, ninth kid. And he would go to every tournament and practice, but maybe shoot like five shots in a weekend. So she, she put her put him down a team and now he's starting and playing more but uh it's rare though it's rare that you hear that because but, I, of course a lot of the parents 
parents want their kids on a certain team, but like you think about like a fifth or sixth grader, like who really cares what team you're on? And <laughs> it doesn't you matter. see that with Gilbert Arenas's kid where he didn't let him go to a prep school. He wanted really? him to go. That. So Gilbert Arenas said he went and researched all like the top guys who've been very successful in the NBA. No way. That's and awesome. said that they don't go to a prep school because you become too dependent and you don't learn how to be a dog essentially i like it and so he sent him to a public school where he's like he's got to average 30 to 40 a game before he's allowed to go to a prep school wow that's so cool man and i thought like that like that makes a ton of sense because you look at look at the most prolific guards in the nba right now damian lillard hurt right now here up a great score whatever great career weaver state weaver state davidson davidson ej mccallum lehigh all these guys who are these "Quote unquote underdog scores, right? Are high coming, volume scores too. Yeah. High volume scores are coming from schools. I mean, Trey Young was Oklahoma. Yeah, and no, that's not a small school, but the way that team played was as post Buddy right. Heald years, and that was really right. a football school before the yeah. Buddy Heald years. Sorry, Oklahoma fans. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it wasn't like Kansas in that sense. And so right. you have these kids going to even Seth Curry was Liberty originally. Yeah. Yep. Um, what was what was your flow then? So when I grew up, it was like the town I grew up in was like small one A. That was the smallest class in Minnesota. Then I would go play AU um, in the cities, which is three hours away from where I grew up, Minneapolis. And I would just get destroyed. Right. Like we would have a good team from the area that we were, were from. We'd go play. And it was almost like I was a shell of myself as a player. Right. Like I could not go left. Um, I couldn't finish at the rim against these guys because they're all taller they're faster i couldn't hit the gaps like i used to even just like creating contact and stuff like that they were just stronger but then i would have that experience that weekend right or multiple weekends in the summer and then i would go back and do my high school team stuff and i would just kill these kids right um i felt like that was helpful like i would go experience all these things the faster pace all these things and then i would come back and then the game was so much slower decisions were easier um, when I would play against my boys, it was like back home. It was like, yeah, I can go left. If I want to work on going left, if I was playing against the dude in Minneapolis, like I'm not going left cause I'm not quick enough to my left yet. So what was, what was it like for you then? No, it was similar to that, right? We had, it was a little more universal competition. Like I played with Devonte Adams and guys yeah, who played right, different, division sure. one, Aaron Gordon, we'd run into quite a bit in high school. Yep. So like, um, you know, I've been around very good athletes as a blessing. But what happens is if you look at like the science of skill development, yep. you all you don't always want to be operating at the highest level of competition. Sure. I've heard you talk about this too before. And it's it, something that I pass on my parents a ton. Yeah, if you think about it, not every aspect of your game is at the peak level of the competition you're playing. Like if right. you go play and you go play pickup basketball, my left-hand driving ability might be pretty good relative to those guys. Sure. If I go play in a college game, it's not even close to being good enough that I can use it. So think about the more competition there is, the more narrow the window for success and the more pressure it exerts on your body. And if your body is essentially a thing of clay, it will pressure you into a certain type of player. And this is where you start to get guys who become, and this was my downfall, like an obsessive set shooter or off the screen Mm -hmm. shooter. I wasn't fast enough. 
I wasn't right. quick enough. So my only way I could succeed was to shoot off of screens and shoot off of range, right. which is great to an extent. And but, it played a good role for you going yeah, to college, right? But it was yeah. limited, right? So right. I wanted right. then in college to develop my driving capabilities. Well, I haven't developed that in like six years. Nah. How could of, you, right? And so now I'm trying to develop the skill that is so far behind relative to my competition and all I'm playing is college level competition mm -hmm. that the best way to develop that would actually be playing against competition that is equivalent to that skill. And too many people see skill as this like flat line, like all my skills. If I'm playing college basketball, my ball handling's at this level, my shooting's right. at this level, my post game's at this level. But in reality, like your post game might be at the level of like a sixth grader. Right. So you need to go play against like low level competition to develop that. And it's so like you yeah. mentioned where you have this discrepancy in competition, that's really helpful. Cause you go and play against these good players. Oh, the game is really fast here. And then I go play against these other guys. And it seems slow. And I watch those guys take me to school on these certain moves. But now mm -hmm. I can do that against these guys. Cause I'm that different level of competition. But right. if you constantly play against that highest level, this is like back to that Gilbert Arenas thing. You mm -hmm. constantly get pushed into whatever corner that you're going to be, quote unquote, like this role player, successful player. You don't actually explore options. And so like I mentioned with like CJ McCollum and Steph Curry and these guys, they were the superstar on their college team. And so they had to explore <clears throat> all options of scoring. They didn't just like go and sit in a corner and shoot a three. Right. And you saw that the guy from Santa Clara, I'm not sure if he's doing it like right now um, as well, but he transferred from Illinois to Santa Clara, averaged like five points a game. And last I saw, he was averaging like 22 a game at Santa Clara. You go yeah. to Santa Clara and you drop 25 a game, you're going to have a higher chance. You're on the radar. Yeah. On the radar than sit on the bench scoring four points at Illinois. So let's, let's say you have, let's say it's your own child, right? Or it's, it's somebody else. And uh, you're going through that setup. Are you, depending on their skill work, of course, you got to gauge what how good they are. Are you going to purposely put them in situations where um, they are seeing some stuff where, like in my case, where they're playing against players that are better than them? And then are you going to put them in situations where they're either equivalent or he or she is the best player? Um, cause I think that's an issue with a lot of parents. A lot of basketball parents is like, do I keep my kid on this team? Do I switch teams? Um, what high school are we going to go to stuff like that? I'd rather have my kid be the best player than on the best team. Yeah. Okay. Like factually. And I think any other, I like basketball... that. Nobody says that though. Nobody says that. No, of course you want to play. You don't want to be a role player on the bench. You want to play. Right. You don't get better sitting. Right. Like it's, it's just the, the reality. Um, you look at Reed Travis, who you and I both work with. When yep. Reed wanted to develop some of his perimeter game, he was playing against like Augustana D2 guys. College kids, yep. And he played at Kentucky. He's a hot, he's a pro player. But you're not going to go develop your perimeter game against, you know, uh, Lou Dort, one of the best defenders right, in right. the league. <laughs> like you're just going to constantly do things and get mad. So you're yep. just going to default to how you can beat them yep. versus having a, a repertoire of stuff. And so I'd rather have my player be one of the best players because I've never seen, this is very rare, I've seen a lot of guys who are, and this is really important to understand what level you're at. Because at the professional yeah. level, it's so different. At the professional level, you get paid millions to be a janitor. Okay, so just be a really good janitor. Right, get paid. Right, but if you're at the high school level, it's always, not always, but for the most part, <clears throat> consistently leaning towards the best player, who's the highest point scorer, 
They don't want to say that, but it's true. You don't have guys yep. averaging eight yep. points a game unless you're seven feet tall going D1. Yep. Um, you want to see the most usage. You want to see the most action. And I've played guys who played on lower level AAU teams who got more burn or more um, freedom really develop. And you'll see those guys come back with confidence because they've gone and failed and gone and succeeded in these situations that you haven't even been put into. And yeah. so back to your answer, I would mix in stuff. Like if I'm messing with, um, you know, someone who wants to develop a jump shot, right? Well, let's put them in a situation where they're not going to get that off. Yeah. yeah have the competition of concern. So yes, put them against lower level people. If someone is a great ball handler already and they're dominating their competition, well then go play someone higher. Train yeah. that specific skill relative <clears throat> to what needs to push it to the next level. I think the part that gets glorified, and there's obviously situations where it's important, but the part that gets glorified is like, oh, I'm having my kid play up because it'll be hard on him or be tough on him, and he'll get better because of it, which could happen. But I think that's the only part that people glorify. Instead of saying, hey, I'm bringing my kid to the second let, team. Let me answer that real quick, though. Right, I'm gonna push back on yeah. this. I do hear. I want. I want to interrupt you because people say that all the time. I hear that. Let's get him. Yeah. Higher competition. Higher competition. Are they succeeding in spite of your efforts? Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. not everyone on that higher competition team is gonna make it, and so it's almost like you're looking at something that's an outcome, but not causal. So, like, oh, they play in the higher competition. They they got better or whatever. But not everyone does. There's a lot of kids who go oh, there yeah. and just flounder away. Yep. It's not like that's the highest probability of success. Right. And I, I want to piggyback on that really quick and let you get back to that. Because you look yeah. at the transfer portal now, how many guys are transferring up who don't do anything? Right. And it's like, they'll be on a low team. They're scoring 18 a game. I've seen guys, um, the guy from Wright State, again, no ding on any players. He was a star at Wright State. I think it was Wright. Goes to... Um, Ohio State, he's off the bench. Trey Holden, do you really want to go off the bench right. at a high level? Um, or dominate Wright State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Yesifu from Drake was a star in the NCAA tournament, goes to Kansas, doesn't get any burn. And you start to ask yourself, maybe, maybe more guys should actually transfer down. Down, yeah. Why do you think people are doing that, though? Do you think like, hey, if I go to Ohio State or if I transfer to Kentucky, even if I come off the bench and average half of what I average at Wright State, am I more – able to get um you know there's the no pros. evidence there is no evidence of that i'm wondering i'm wondering what causes people to do that like do they really think like hey i'm gonna go up and i'm actually going to dominate because i'm killing the i'm killing ego. this level is it an ego thing you think what do you think when you were a kid i'd be yeah. at davidson or kansas i'm gonna yeah. go to kansas you know right better right. facilities better fans possibly better nil money better everything yeah they don't NIL actually, their career yeah. so too often people are making decisions based on people in their ear, man, you can go kill it in the big 12. You can go kill it in the big 10. Who cares? Yeah. Just do what's best for you to get to where you are. Right. At the end of the day, the minute you're in the league, that's all you got to do is kick. That's all that out. matters. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you go to nine different schools, you want to get your shot and yep. you can't get your shot. If you're not playing, that's right. like, cause people have proven that you can get a shot. What was it? CJ McCallum was like ninth overall draft pick. At yeah. a Lehigh, but he didn't even play half his junior year. He got hurt. Played like right. three games. Guys know if you're good enough, but yeah. you're not going to be good enough if you don't play. Yeah. It's just, unless so you're like a one and done guy who goes there and like that's like the history of a one and done. You go with a team, a bunch of one and dones, and you kind of just don't play much, but everyone else is one and done. And so you get out. 
when you're a yeah. junior, you don't just like magically become like an NBA prospect right. <laughs> by being on the bench of a good team. You just like right. lose your years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, it's so that whole topic is very interesting. I think uh, that has a lot to do with the transfer portal has a lot to do with AU programs in general. Um, I don't know. I have this conversation every, almost every single month with parents about playing time, about them not getting better, about things not translating to games it's the same conversation over and over. And I don't know specifically everybody's situation, but it, it seems like they're just in these incorrect uh, situations when it comes to playing time and what experiences that they're actually gaining. Um, yeah. I don't know. Let's talk it's difficult. about Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek yeah. is the greatest success story. No one talks about. Yeah. He played two years at Gonzaga. Didn't do much at all. Look like at five points a game, a couple minutes. Yep. Decides he's not good enough red shirts middle of a junior right so he plays two years red shirts comes back as an all-american yeah it's and now he's an nba player he was on no trajectory no trajectory to be an nba player paid multi multi millions too and then he decides i'm going to take a break and just get better at basketball yeah does that and becomes a multi-millionaire at basketball successful very good basketball player what's crazy that's that is a crazy story on a much obviously smaller level i think about me going from my junior season where we probably had our best high school team um, ever best record, best performing everything. And then we went, um, we lost about four seniors, um, two bench players and two starters. I went from about four, 15 a game the next season, literally because those people left and now the ball's in my hands a little bit more. And I went and played in Minneapolis. The next season I was averaging 29 and, and I don't know, it wasn't like I was doing a bunch of skill work in the summer. It literally was, I was gaining experiences from now I have more opportunities. These people are not in my way. They're not taking as many shots. I can be more aggressive. There's things that I was passing up before and moving the ball around. Now I have to be. So I think about that. That's the only reason to be honest with you that I probably got recruited to play any sort of college level basketball is because I averaged 29. Cause you think about coming from that small town, you have to put up some stupid numbers for anybody to, to catch, you know, catch a game. Well, think about like the how good players are and are not. What I mean by that is like on a team of like these high level guys of nine, ten guys, they're all really good. Yeah. And so whoever just gets better might just be the guy with the higher usage rates. Right. And so it's not like you're better or not better than someone. Right. It's right. just the fact that someone... I had the opportunity to shoot a million shots my senior year. And now I'm like, yeah, there's people could've... that literally they're better than I was that are more skilled, better, stronger, all these things that just didn't get to do what I did. I was just had the the perfect opportunity that last season. Yeah. And you maybe could have done that your junior, but you didn't have the opportunity. Right. And right. so there's so it's like the joke I say, I talk to people and they go, we go to a casino and they go, you know, just play every game. Cause maybe on accident, you're just really good at one casino at game. Like sure. maybe on accident, you just have a natural talent for it. And you'll never know if you're actually good at basketball, if you don't get a chance to actually play to basketball. Play, yeah. People just go and they're like, oh, my kid's not playing because he's not good enough. No, like that's not might not be the case. Yeah, he Play actually on. might or she might actually be good enough. They didn't need the right the right spot though. Yeah, it's it's so mind-boggling that there's an obsession with a name and a title, despite yes. that actually not being very that's not a causal outcome as right. to whether or not the highest probably corollary outcome to someone making it to the next level is probably usage rate. Right. Just like how much you're being used on your team to do things. I had a buddy yeah. who played um, 
like at the extreme low level, like, yeah. like maybe your level. I'm not sure. He's like small school, itty bitty, like yeah. hundred mm-hmm. kid. He scored 44 games. Yeah. He, triple team. They're guys who just like didn't play on the team. And he was very, yeah. play my AU team. Very good. Ended up getting the scholarship to the NAI or yeah. Pacifica. I don't know what level they are. Something. Yeah. Um, they, they're whatever. Got school paid for, played four years, but he had that because he was able to do all this stuff at the low level and have tons of usage rate. Yeah. I got that a lot actually. Uh when I went to a, an NAI, you come you're coming in averaging like 29 or whatever, so people are looking at you I'm like, dude, it's I'm from a different spot. <laughs> like this ain't this ain't like Metro 29. This is like Farm Boy 29. A little bit different. It helped me, but uh then in college it was instantly like, oh shoot, I have to become some sort of role player for me to exist here. I'm getting my school paid for. This is really cool, but like my usage rate compared to what it was last year is not going to be anything close. Now, NAI has a JV and a varsity. Most NAIs have that. Um, so JV felt like high school, like I was just doing my thing. Anytime I would play a little bit of varsity or practice varsity, it was like, I have to be smart. I have to play a specific role. There's four other people that are way better than me that know how to do this, that I got to give them the ball. So, yeah, it's funny. I think I think you see that a lot. It's like a lot of people will, will go up a level and their usage rate goes down. And uh, if somebody would have put me in a situation where I had higher usage rates that freshman year, I would not have performed well. But that's ready. a thing of like finality. Like there's going to be a point where you're not going to go any further in your career. Right. And for most okay. Hoopers, it's college. And the minute yep. you're at that point, and let's be honest, you probably know when that point is. Yes. 100%. Like don't be, don't be asked me, you know, like, yeah. you know, then your, your final destination is to play a role. Just like in the NBA, these guys' final destination is to p- play a role. Yep. Jay Crowder has never averaged over 10 points a game and gets $30 million for three years. I have not routinely. seen Jay Crowder finish at the rim in like five years. <laughs> PJ Tucker only shoots corner threes, right? And so yeah, yep. there's a point in time in your career where you accept a role. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to accept that role when it's not the final stage. Yeah. In college, if it's your final stage, then that's fine. That's then go beautiful. for it. Go do it. Be great. Get some playing time. Yep. Point shooter, play. Because you're at the point where you're just fighting for minutes. Right? Yeah. You just want to play. You know it's going to be over. Not saying you can't have aspirations of the career afterwards, but eh, you know, you yeah. kind of get the idea. Well, there's, that... there's high school kids that are like that too, where it's like, look, I'm 6'2". I'm a post player. This is probably my last, my last stop when it comes to my playing career. So let's be a rebounder, a box out guy, a good screener. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. The issue right. is when parents try and push their kid into the highest level it's too early yeah. and then they become this isolated role player by the age of like 12 right now the, the breadth of their development is so narrowed because they haven't dribbled the ball up against a press and Dude, so one people, of my go ahead my least one of my least favorite things is when when coaches or or it's twitter basically when somebody says you know what Patrick Beverly plays a role. This is why he gets, that's why, how he got to this level, all these things. And no, he did. He averaged like 25 a game. I know. But, but it's like, why are you telling kids to, to just dive into a role? That's there's no way. Like if I dove into a role in small town, Minnesota, there's, I would not have, have ever got to play. I don't I think you should have a role recruited. until you're the age of 16. Yeah. I really don't. I think you should go play. If you're not very good, play against lesser people and you get yeah. better. Do everything. Should, kids should all play. They should all be encouraged to shoot, to all be point guards, all be big men. Go play the game. Just yes. play basketball. What I mean by that, be yeah, you want to win. You want to win. Duh. 
but you want to learn to play basketball and try and win. And that's one thing. Um, kind of too bad. I'm not sure if it's around your area or not. I feel like the pickup scene for like kids oh, is like gone. Like I remember yeah. growing up, I would play and I'd be like 12 or 13. I play with a 20 year old. And I would just guard my friend who was 12 and 13, but we'd play with them and you get beat up, but you yeah. learn to compete and you learn to play. And there's no more like this cross generational basketball. I played with 40 year olds when I was 16. Yeah. I don't see that anymore. I see yeah. like the old guys who still hang on to pick up basketball playing together. And I just don't see the younger generation, like the 13, 14, 15 year olds getting involved with that. Playing ones, playing threes and fives. Yeah. And learning to compete, have fun, and just play the game. Shoot a bad shot. Don't yep. get yelled at for shooting a bad shot. Turn it yep. over. Um, you know, celebrate a three, and then don't get back on defense and get scored on and realize why you don't celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of things to the game that's changed so much. And social media, to an extent, has hurt that because I think a lot of kids maybe um, think they should act a certain way or do a certain thing in the old-fashioned, like, what I mean by social media is like there's not much like human interaction. Like, hey, yeah, we want to play pickup. Remember when you came to TBK and we we're like going and around we just and ran once, like yeah, who wants to yeah. play pickup? Nobody and, wanted to play. They don't want to play. I remember when I was like 14 and they were playing. Somebody and they were older, said play. I was like, yeah, let's you were go. like looking and you like would go shoot like progressively uh -huh. closer to their hoop. Do <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys yeah. want to play basketball too? <laughs> but you don't see that. I asked a kid to play. It's like he's like, uh, I'm like. Are you kidding? I you don't, don't play? Know. Uh, yeah. You know, he actually got dunked on, not by me, but the guy I was playing with. And I just looked at him. He's like really embarrassed. And I said, dude, you're playing against the pro. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? We fun. don't care. Nobody get dunked cares. On. Try and dunk on yeah. us. It's like, this is what basketball's about. Don't worry about yeah. it. What, so what do you think if, I think one concern may, people might have is if I um, know in college I might be a role player or I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to be good at something, right? Like I have mm -hmm. to, cause that's a lot of what people say is like, you got to be good at one thing or two things to get somewhere. If I'm a parent, am I, am I, let's say I have a really tall kid. The first instinct is like, let's throw him in the post. He teach him a bunch of post moves. And I'm looking at the kid, like this kid has, they have no balance. They don't have any timing. Like they don't even have an IQ of like what, how to actually play the game from, from the perimeter or the post. But this parent wants this person because they're tall to be a specific post player. Do you think parents are worried about like, Hey, I don't want to spend so much time just being a basketball player because I feel like when I get to 16 years old, like you said, I won't have enough time to like master this post role. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're like, they really want their, their players or some players to be masters at a certain position, which is like, it's a little bit weird to me because there's so many other skills that play. Like if I'm, if I can play on the perimeter, there's skills that will transfer into the post. Cause I'll have a better perspective of how to play in the post. At the end of the day, not everyone makes the smartest decisions. Like, yeah, like being yeah. blunt, like that's not, yeah. that's not reasonable. Um, there, I had a kid who I worked with and he, uh, he being stuck in the post. Like that situation, he didn't want to be in the post. They put him in the post. Yeah, he was the tallest kid. I said, I told the parent to like, quit, <laughs> find a different yeah. team. Yeah, like if he he's like eleven years old, like yeah, and, there's but, no and, reason he should and, be in the post. No, and if a parent thinks their kid should play in the post, how about you ask the kid what they want? Right. Like, why? I don't understand why when you were twelve you had opinions, but now mm -hmm. when 
someone else I work with is 12. I know their opinions for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why don't you ask the person like, Hey, do you, yeah. you want to be in the post? Like, is that something you want? What does being in the post even mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's frustrating to hear that. And the reason why is like, you don't get the dexterity option. So like, no, nah. a lot of thing is like, again, we talked about Reed before Reed, his whole life has been a post player. Right. Um, he's big. He's six eight two sixty with a seven two wingspan. But in the NBA, that game's changed. Like they don't have traditional post players anymore. Right. And so you have to be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can train. You gotta be that. a basketball player. You gotta yeah. be able to move and jump and run. And one of the things we've been working on is <clears> like the ability to play again. Let your body move like a kid. Yeah. Watch. I watched the World Tag Championship last night. Oh my gosh! Uh, those, too. Have you seen that? I watched, the, I watched the clips on Instagram. It is crazy that those guys like don't knock themselves out on a pole. Yeah, or that's something. what we watch. Their dexterity and awareness is yep. beautiful. And you can reading take, space and gaps. Yeah, you can take that and mold that into a a basketball player so well. And what's yep. hard is when you impose constraints that don't exist, and then they mold themselves into this arbitrary existence that you have like self-imposed and they become rigid and you know hyper static in certain movements yeah and then then they have to explore beyond that and they can't and i'd rather right. have someone who has a wide capacity as a movement a movement uh language you can even say someone who can move in a lots of languages than just someone who's very rigid in the post yes stuck there because yeah. if the game changes you're done right <laughs> like, if you switch teams if you have to change levels like what are you going to do yeah, and so I'd rather have, there's a famous quote, it's like I'd rather have a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. And mm. so you'd rather have someone who's prepared in the garden who can do lots of things than yep. the guy who's hyper-specific, who's the gardener in the war because he can't yeah, be, he doesn't be, fit. be useful in there. And yeah. so I'd rather have a kid just be athletic. Um, and I know that term's so vague. It means lots of things but not restricting what they can and can't do from a physical right. standpoint beyond that of the game. Like you're going to play a game and you won't be able to post up certain guys and you won't be able to run certain speeds. So it's already going to be imposed limitations from the good athletes who play. Don't impose more upon the kid than that yeah. exists. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I don't know. You see that a lot with AU. Of course you see that a lot with a, a lot of situations. Um, do you have any closing I, comments on this, by the way? I, I want to wrap this one up. I have another topic I want to hop into. You know what? I think uh, I think the message, honestly, is just having, having especially parents, because a lot of times they're the decision makers, is like what you said. Let's ask the kid. Let's ask the athlete what they think, how they actually feel about this. Do they care about playing on this team, or do, are they open to playing on a different team? Um, finding the right situation, I think, was the biggest takeaway for me. Finding the right situation for your, for your athlete. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah, just let the kids be kids, let them play, understand what level they actually are at. Like don't impose these type of things. Yep. Um, and at the end of the day, they might not be a college athlete or a professional athlete, but don't limit themselves them before they even have that opportunity to right, get there. Right. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. Um, we're going to take a break. And we're going to hop back into our, our next topic here, a little uh, a little story time with Shane and I. So let's do we'll it. be right back.
All right, welcome back. It's story time with Shane and I. Shane and I both played a little little hoops in college back in the day. Yep. I was a D3 hooper at Co College. D3 has a lot of great stories. Shane, what level was <laughs> that? Was it NAI? NAI, yep, NAI. I gotcha. Um, so I have I have a um a story I'll share here. This is a fun one. Um, so I was a freshman, a freshman in college, D3, yeah. and we have um JV and varsity. And so we're playing at Carthage in Wisconsin and we had a JV game before. So you play the JV game, you wrap up, you eat a mm-hmm. Subway sandwich. And oh yeah. You watch Those the varsity the game and I, I dressed for both. And so I dressed for the varsity game as well. And um, we had another player named Max on the team, not myself, another one. So you, every now and then you hear your name Max called and you think it's you, but yeah. it's not you. Um, and so the game's <laughs> going and I'm not paying attention at all. I'm literally four rows back because there wasn't enough seats in the crowd in this bench. I'm in uniform four rows back. Oh, really? That's the worst. We have to sit in the back row. (laughs) It's like, it's like I'm in the stands. Not like I'm not like (laughs) in the row row behind. No, I'm literally (laughs) in the stands. And I remember seeing that this is so embarrassing, but it was a winter game. So no one's there. And Tim Tebow was leading the Broncos that game where they threw to whoever, Thomas sure. for the, the famous yeah. touchdown. So I was watching the score on the jumbotron and I'm sitting there and I hear Max, you know, okay, whatever. Not me, not paying attention. Was, Schmorzo. I said, Oh crap. Like <laughs> I go and I look at my buddy next to me. I said, all right, they must be in zone. <laughs> so, oh well, yeah. Starting to shoot. They're in a two, three zone. I'm walking down from the bleachers, right? Mind you, I've just played like a 40 minutes of a game of four. So I'm sore and stiff. I'm walking to the scores table, swipe my shoes, and I get in the game. No idea what the score is. And I come down and uh I like ask we got a team, like you guys in zone? He said, Yeah, I'm like, okay, good. Good enough. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no idea. I get in, I hit two threes, they call timeout, they go to man, I get subbed out, I don't go back in the game. That's <laughs> hilarious. But know your role, right? There's no reason why I'm coming in the game. And my coach would always go, Max. You're not going to the game to pass the ball. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going <laughs> to shoot that sorry. thing. So I'd be walking down. And all, That's all, hilarious. All the juniors and seniors would be like, hey, you're not in the pass, my guy. Shoot it. Let that thing fly. I was like, don't worry about it. Dude. I'm good at wait, that. You were, were you were a freshman when this happened? Yeah, I was a freshman. Those moments, bro, when you get your name called and you're like, oh, I have to figure some stuff out quickly. <laughs> I'm not warmed up That's hilarious. All. You're you're in there asking like what defense they're in. That's so funny. Uh, I haven't, that's I haven't been in a situation like that. I've been in a situation where I've gotten in as a freshman very unexpectedly. Um, there was one where uh, I hadn't played all song or all season um, in warmup. Um, literally, this is like the worst case situation in warmup. A ball comes underneath my foot and I, I step on the ball and roll my ankle. This is the game that coach tells me that I'm going to play. Oh, now, when no. I get in, there's a, there's enough adrenaline. Like I, I don't feel the ankle at all but I have like severe cotton mouth. Like I'm like, my mouth is just dry <laughs> yes. as hell. Like I can't even, I'm coming over to the coach and I can't even talk to him. Cause I'm like, like trying to yeah. open my mouth up. I've had so many situations where I've had to go in like that. There was another one too, where, um, gosh, I wasn't, I must've came off an injury or something my sophomore junior year. And I was like really wanting to get back into playing. And it's always those times where it's like unexpected and I get in and I'm checking the ball in and they throw a press on as soon as I get in. 
and uh, was not pressing all year. And I like grab the ball from the ref and I go to go pass this in and I hesitate and almost pump fake. My right foot steps on the line. Ref blows a whistle. I get yanked right away because I stepped on the line to throw the ball in. And I'm like, dude, talk about like a wasted opportunity to play. Those situations were always tough. Like the whole uh, NAI and, and trying to fit a role and trying to squeeze into that, uh, squeeze into the rotation and then, you know, making the most out of your opportunity. There's yeah. been, there's been situations where I perform well that got me playing time, but those are the two where I remember like, damn, we really wasted a chance here, Shane. I, I didn't really have, actually there's one story. I'll, I was going to save this, but there, this is a good one. Um, I never really had, this one maybe was like my, my chance and it might've actually broken me in the rotation. So again, yeah. in the bench, we're down like, I don't even know. I think we're down 20 points. I found the box score of this recently. Um, and they can put it up for the clip. And yeah. we're playing Luther at home. It's like a winter game. And Luther, they're a good team. Maybe Luther, Dubuque, someone like that. Whatever. They're a good team, whoever we're playing. And we're down, I don't know, 18 points, like two minutes left. It's like, Schmarzo, get in. It's like chump time, right? Like, oh, cool. Yeah. And yep. I have I have zero idea what the score is because I assume the game's over. I'm at the end of the bench, mind you. And, you know, you kind of check out when it's like 15 because you're kind of thinking like, oh, maybe I'll get in. Like, I'm not even worried about the score anymore. You're kind of like, oh, I hope, I hope they kind of, you know, push this lead out a little bit. Like, yes, <laughs> like yeah, we already lost. We're going to so lose. Let's just really get this thing <laughs> over with. So I get in the game and I go unconscious. I score That's 16 awesome. points in like in like 40 seconds. It's so many. We actually come back and miss a game. All threes, or what do we All, shoot? What do we shoot? I actually missed a front end of a one and one, and the shots I'm making are ridiculous. Like this is a story <laughs> people talk about to my teammates. Like I caught the ball and I shot one, like straddling a man, and I have no idea. Like I'm just going in. I told my buddy, I'm like, I ain't passing this. Well, you can't <laughs> lose in this situation, right? You're already losing, right? That's time to come and chuck. And uh, we end up having a game winning shot, which I didn't get the play drawn for me. I was kind of pissed actually. I'm like, dude, I'm really hot right now. Like just give yeah. me the ball. I'll probably make it. And I go four for four from deep. And then I made, I made it was 12 or 15 points. I missed a front end of one. one. I had three rebounds and five, uh, four fouls. Cause I came into yeah. foul guys. Right. I was like, yeah. you know, Hey Max, you have no fouls. Go in there and hack people. But that was one of those moments where I think it was good. I didn't know what was going on. Right. <laughs> right. Like You're I wasn't going to go play. I was like, oh, the game's over. I'm just going to, they're not going to guard me. It's like an 18 point game. Yeah. So I knew exactly. I came in as a, the, I came in as like a stretch four essentially. So I would end yeah. on the ball and just trail. I'd be like, whoosh, little whistle, like, hey, throw back. And like these guys, yep. like, they all knew me. It's like, screw it, Schmarzo, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got hot. I did like three times in a row. Isn't that interesting that there's that situation allowed you or set you up to perform way better? It's kind of like the practice squad situation where you're on practice squad or the white team and you're just chucking and you're just yeah. killing the starters every practice and they get so mad at you. But but it's different when you get to a game and there's things that you got to do. And uh, But in that situation, that's kind of like that practice squad list to go in there and chuck. No, it's it's uh, you're not nervous. You just kind of have fun and you know what you're there yeah. for. It's it's more nerve wracking when you don't know why you're in the game. Right. Like you're getting put right. in and you're like, what does coach you know, want from me? What's funny, too, is like after you get that opportunity or whether you do well or you uh, mess it up, the next like five games, you're just like on the edge of your seat. Like, is, is coach going to put me in? Yeah. Am I going to you're so nervous because you don't want to either mess this up or or whatever. So. Yeah, good stories. The old role player stories right there. Trying to fit in, trying to get on the rotation. It's it's a different grind, man. Mentality or mental warfare a little bit with that stuff. Yeah, that was my my sophomore year. So that was like a big that was pretty fun. Yeah. It was a, it was I have the were box you playing a, were you playing a stretch four? 
Yeah, we went like motion quite a bit. And so okay. I would often go four man because in D3, most fours really couldn't post you up that well. That's true. Yeah. And so we went small. We had a big like who was six, eight, out one or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he was athletic enough that we could cover. And our regards are big. We were six, three, six, four across the board. Is there a better feeling than a trail transition three? It's just free money. Oh, walk right one, into that sucker. I oh, have yeah. one that on synergy, you can hear it. It's a trail three. I hated the team in my senior year. You can actually hear the audio and I catch it as I'm shooting. I said, that's in there. I said, that's <laughs> we it. need the clip. It's it's on. So you can hear it audibly. I shot it and made it. And my coach called timeout after because he goes, did you, did you yell that's in there? I said, straight cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get that clip on this. But thing. I remember as a trail three coming on the right side, I, I would always lazy. If I inbound it, you just drag. And yeah, I, we yep. can talk about that later. Cause if you're a shooter, you can steal shots. Oh yeah. Cause you, if you know how to Max Strauss, play it off. Best. Yeah. Max Strauss does it awesome. He elevates so high that most guys don't think he's actually in the possession. You can watch him. He's like 35 feet from the hoop and he'll just, get a ball thrown to him and he'll read how far the defense is closing out and he'll just stop his approach. He's like, Oh, 27 to 25 feet. What's the difference? Like I can hit it from, I can cash it either way. And so that's a great one. When you're trailing, don't run the line, like run yeah. to the point Play where it off a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Like you're not coming down, you know, give the, the high trot the jog. Yep. Uh, yep. Look other directions. Like, <laughs> what are we? What are we running? What are we running? Yeah, I do that. We had a play where I'd come down and be like, "What? What?" Like, I gotcha. We had yep. a play in high school. It was called uh, Humboldt, and I had Devonte Adams on our team. Yeah, the Devonte Adams at um, you know yep. the Raiders. Devonte, super athlete, like bite the rim in high school. And so we'd inbound it to me at, at like the, the basically the under the hoop inbounds. I catch it on the elbow. And I would dribble. Devontae's on the wing. So he's on the, let's say we inbound it under the hoop. We're on the left side of the rim. So I get it yeah. on that left elbow and Devontae's on the left wing. I'd get it and I'd start to swear. Oh, oh, you know, like I'm in trouble. And I take yeah. one panic dribble, like staged panic dribble. And I'd pick up over my head and like panic. And there's a backdoor play. So Devontae oh. would dive. And I would just wink at him and just drop it back door past. Yeah, just, that's you can't keep, you can't teach that right there. He would just nuke people too. It was hilarious. <laughs> he would just absolutely because the weak side would be like high because they saw me panicking, so he'd be creeping over not yeah. for Devonte but for him. And his guy starts to cheat, right? I'm like I start to swear and I'm panicking. I like start to shake and I would take my two dribbles. It would be like purposely like really clumsy. yeah, just goofy, <laughs> like big dribbles <laughs> and like I do the big the big two foot hop step like I'm not comfortable. Yeah. It was all bait. And that's pump hilarious fake, pump, fake, pump fake and i look at Devonte, and he'd take off Works just, every time every time it was called humboldt i thought it was humble hum, it's a great play because if you have a guy who can sell it it's, right it's so you gotta have like and our team has to be like no max no <laughs> like everyone's like yeah yelling. <laughs> <laughs> the whole squad yeah. the whole and squad's like, in on it yeah like our point guard like runs to try and like help me out like curling over the top Oh I'm my like, gosh. I look like I'm panicking. <laughs> we need a we need a uh dry erase board so you can draw this up. You know yes. all those plays that everybody shares on Twitter? We need to put this on Twitter. And that that That's one is one of the funniest. He would just like it was like a box formation inbound. It was like nothing special. And I would just get a uh a elbow to elbow cross screen, so I'd catch it. Because our okay. big would seal and I'd catch it on the left elbow, and Devontae would just be standing on the wing and we would act like it was a botch play. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, like you idiot. And like that's our, hilarious. our inbounder would run out. And so like Devon would be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, let me. How many, how many times are you running this? Do like you every, run this every, every game? 
in AAU, we'd run it. It's work. We run it like three times a game in AAU. That's so funny. Nobody what, picks up on it. That's like one of them. That's, you got to save those for the state, like the state championship or like something like that. That's it was so too funny. easy though. It was like, yeah, yeah. I would sell it so I start I, the best. I just start swearing like, oh, help, help, help. Like, imagine, imagine somebody scouting for you and they're like, okay, listen, this Schmarzo guy, this is what he's going to do. He's going to take a goofy <laughs> jump stop. They're all going to yell, do not, not fall, fall for the back door. <laughs> Stay with Devontae. <laughs> we had one too that was a three point. Uh, I airball a three pointer on purpose for an alley oop. So we'd run like a deep fade, uh, it was a flare screen on a zone, and I'd purposely shoot an airball. So I, I wouldn't sh- throw a lob, I'd shoot it. So everyone would turn. It was an oop for Devonte. No way. Yeah, I could, I was pretty good at throwing oops, so I could catch and shoot it. You could shoot an oop. Yeah, and so I would shoot oops. And the whole that's hilarious because everyone turns and looks at the ball, and right? So and Devonte's just like. Yeah, you'd raise him up, and Devonte could fly. And so I'd get a flare, of course. and I'd catch it. I remember we did it against our rival. He like caught a body because the guy turns like you know a lazy kind of like yeah. You're just Devonte yeah. just climbing them. So are you shooting it long or to the side or like I'd how do you do that? I'd catch it on the left wing, and he'd be on the right baseline. That's where we like yep. to come from. So I'd shoot it in between, so like where the backboard and the hoop backboard would be. and the rim. Yeah, and I I could shoot it accurate enough that I could hit that it little off gap. Of yeah, a little gap. Oh my gosh! And so I would just we'd run this play where I just shoot an air ball. Yo, my dad the to... game was like that was a pass wasn't it i'm like i'm not gonna miss that bad like, did they absolutely... count it did they give you an assist I, no I, they should have no I idea so. <laughs> I, sh- I should shoot it because if i kept throwing a lob everyone would know if i shot it like a, a chest pass or a lob pass that everyone would be like oh, that's a lob like let's turn because that was a was lob uh play. was Devonte same age as you as us mm-hmm. same yeah. grade okay so he graduated with you so you played with him the whole time yeah that's that's a hilarious play i remember i was just shooting Dude, we ball. need to we need some Devonte high school basketball highlights, bro. Those have to be crazy. His AAU highlights are very good. He would score really? a lot in high school. He wasn't like dunking on people. A lot of guys would just pack paint on us. We had yeah. a good team, and so they'd pack the paint. And he could he'd score very well, but it's not like you know you're running down an AAU. It's open. We play an AAU game in Hacks in LA. I remember the Hacks Arena back in yeah. the day, and um, it's like a hangar. And we played in Devonte. I swear this happened three possessions. Um, first possession, Devonte steals it, like a windmill. Then next possession, Lydell on our team steals it, two hand dunk. Next possession, Devonte steals it, does a three sixty windmill. Jeez. We win the game. The guy comes up after the game. He's like, "I'm like a, a, a consultant scout. You're like the next Russell Westbrook. I'm hosting hmm. an end game tournament, an end game like game, an end tournament game for you, just for scouts to come one half." Only so like wasn't on our schedule just to play. He's like, I brought all these schools to come watch. James really? Harden and Russell Westbrook come to the game to watch. And like Devontae was already going to play at Fresno for football. Right. That's so, crazy, man. And so like Devontae, I don't know if he even shot during that game. Because he was all committed to Fresno already. He was like yeah, yeah, yeah. great, amazing football player. Um, I don't think he was like super interested in basketball. I know he had an offer from Weber State and stuff. He was very good, but it was just yeah. hilarious that like just the somebody's the yeah. sheer athleticism. The guy's like stopping the tournament. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook are at the game. They came and watched. No way. And he played it. Devontae played it. He played in the game. What do you mean? Like he yeah. played. Yeah, he, he played in the game. And he was like our team versus another team. And it was like oh, one okay. half. It was like one half of they scheduled one half. Bro, if I'm you, I'm gonna be like, yes, Devontae, we are doing this. I want Russ and Harden to be watching me right now. I'm just gonna launch the whole time. It was a weird Screw Devonte. He's gonna go play football. I'm trying to get my shots in front of Russ. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I remember it being like a really weird. Like none of us understood what was going on. Like no one really told us till after. 
Yeah. We're like, why are we playing a half? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. It was Nobody like, it's like a bad it, like, team. And it's like, we didn't really try. This is the Devante showcase, Max. It, just it was. And like, yeah. no one like knew. And like, they didn't really tell Devante. Devante might have taken like two shots. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like the weirdest. James like, and Russ are just like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't think anyone knew what was going on. I remember it, like, I remember it very vividly. That was a great AAU time. That's man. hilarious. Good stories, man. Awesome. We'll take a break right here and we'll come back with some training tips uh, for you hoopers here. All right. Cool. That's worked so far. I just kind of focused yeah, on break. Good. My, my, my Bill yep. Simmons breaks. Yeah, that's good. All right. Welcome back. Um, a common question I get for hoopers is how do I get a quicker first step? I think a lot of hoopers ask this. A lot of, you know, you watch John Morant, you watch these athletes, mm-hmm. and you're like, how do I get quicker? Um, stronger and so on. And so there's some really simple things depending on your level you might want to consider. Right? When you're an older athlete, it might be a little more specific as to why or why not you're <clears throat> getting by someone. I think a lot of times people think a quick step is just pure speed. It's also deception. Like, can you yeah. stall your first step? Can you um, get someone be, to move one way versus the other? And so the higher level you get, the more deception plays a role. Yeah. You can't just like sprint by someone, but some yeah. very simple common areas that people can work on um, would be, I, I mean, people know this for the most part, but I think a really good exercise is like a sled sprint. Like people don't think sure. about that. Like, Oh, how do I get faster? I don't know. Maybe you should sprint. Like yeah, <laughs> we, we do a thousand different exercises to help sprinting. Why not just sprint? And the reason why I like a sled push or a sled sprint, is because for a lot of athletes, it doesn't really take much training to do the form right. You're not having a weight on your back. You're not holding dumbbells. You're literally just pushing into the motion that you're doing. And one of the things you can do to maybe make it a little more effective for like your first step is to make each step its own rep. So instead of just sprinting, have one powerful step after the other. And this is a sled sprint where you're leaning forward into it, mimicking some of those driving angles. And pairing that with actually maybe like a sprint or a yeah. jump and trying to be explosive is a great place to start. So I get asked right by parents quite a bit, Hey, you know, what program should my 12 year old do? Like, what should they, this do that? And first off, if you're that young, get someone who can watch them to make sure the form is okay. Yeah. Like that's the most important thing, but they don't need to do anything crazy. Focus on getting stronger and then doing explosive things. Yeah. The older you get and the more you squeeze your potential out, the more specific you might want to get in your training, because when you're at a higher level, the game becomes much more specific. But -hmm. when you're younger, getting stronger, using exercises that are easily repeatable, things that are safe, things that are easy to load, things that you can progress, easy to teach, getting that stronger, and then doing the actual movement, which you're trying to train, like running or sprinting or a powerful single leg jump can be really beneficial. Yep. I think, uh, I think what you hit on right away, the deception part is big. That's something that's kind of hard to teach. I will say a lot of the solutions to people's problems that I have for basketball um, is if you are a good shooter, that solves a lot of issues. So if I can shoot the ball, things become way easier. People got to play tighter. Uh, My step is a little bit better now. They're closing out harder. Things things get easier that way. So um, when people ask me that question about how do I get a quicker first step or how do I get past a defender – a lot of, there's a lot of situations where I'm like, well, 
when are you trying to attack? Like, are we mm-hmm. attacking at the right time? Um, also, can we shoot and are people closing out on us? Those would be the first two. Um, but if I'm looking at more of a skill thing and, and they're ready to do those things, um, typically off the dribble, uh, it just really depends on where the ball is at. So if my hand is on top of the ball and my body's trying to go forward, the ball's going to go down. My body's going to leave without the ball. So I have to pull that ball to my pocket without putting my hand underneath the ball. I got to put my hand on the back. So that pocket dribble is one of the first things we talk about when it talk when we talk about attacking off the dribble and then just getting to a drop stance or a split stance where you have that leverage point with your back foot, um, allowing you to blow by or allowing you to shift your weight. Um, those are the big things when it comes to the, I guess, the basketball skill wise. But again, a lot of the issues come with just being able to shoot. And let me, I want to get into this next podcast because it's an interesting topic. Like what yeah. is the purpose of defense and what is the purpose of offense? Yeah. I think it's very different than what people actually think. I love to have that discussion with you about creating asymmetries in movement. Can I move two inches and they move one foot? That's an yep. asymmetry. That's an advantage. Can I take higher probability shots for me? But what you mentioned is really important with that pocket dribble. And this yeah. is kind of the holistic approach to basketball people miss out on. They too often think, oh, I'm not quick enough. It's going to be my physical ability. Well, your right. skill is an expression of your physical in a contextual aspect. And so sure. some people might be lacking the physical and some people actually might have the physical and lack the skill. So you can do mm-hmm. a thousand sprints and a thousand sled pushes, but you'll yep. never express it if you can't get into that pocket dribble. Right. So that's where the physical and the tactical or technical to so tactical being like how you play the game. The technical is actually the skill expression mold into like an actual outcome. So yeah. you can watch Luka Doncic, who's not very fast, get a step on people you can watch John Morant, who's really fast, get a step on people, and they both can drive to the hoop. Nikola Jokic, one of the actual best percentage drivers at the second best finisher driver in the NBA, gets by people, but he's not yeah. getting by people in the sense of just pure speed. It's an right. expression of the skill. And that's why it's so important when you think about training. Super important. Like, I want to get bigger, faster, stronger. No, you want to get better at basketball. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what you want to get better at. And sometimes getting better at basketball involves sprinting. And sometimes you're already super athletic. It doesn't matter. You need to get your skill to catch up to your athletic potential. Yep. Yep. And I think you think about you right now or myself, 30 years old, right? Yes, sir. We're both, we're both 30. If we played high school kids that were faster stronger we could still get a step on some of them or even college players and because we have that iq of like when do i do this how do i bring them closer to my body so i can put that foot back and attack so having that skill having that athletic ability so having that iq of like how do i um the deception piece how do i deceive them into thinking i'm up i'm about to shoot right to pull them in closer so i can get that step well we're gonna wrap it up here today that's a great point, by the way, Shane. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I want to make sure the audience hears that. Shoot us questions. We want to make this an engaging platform as well. Yeah. Um, we'll be posting these clips on TikTok, on Instagram, hopefully eventually get a YouTube page. Obviously, yep. subscribe to our podcast and check it out and stay up to date with us. And we also want to hear questions because we want to bring in a questions corner where we ask, ask, where we answer the questions you ask going forward. Not all of them. Not everyone gets all their questions asked. Answered. Yep answered asked asked answered you get the idea yeah um but we want to have that going on there so feel free to message us we'll put out maybe in our stories or even on a tiktok post ask there um obviously shooting us a bunch of dms is not the best way to get a hold of us yeah yeah so maybe when we put a story up or we put something up on our tiktok in the comments is actually a good place to do it um we'll do that there 
So as always, I want to say thank you to everyone who listened. I appreciate you guys. Shane, thank you. I'm excited, man. This is going to be good. Just the uh, beginning. So we'll, we'll figure out everything out here soon, but it's uh, this is a good start. I'm excited. Yes, sir. I appreciate you and take care as always. And yep. thanks for listening, everybody.